I'm Christy Cooper, birth doula and creator of Little Doula on the Prairie, and you're listening to Birthing on the Prairies. This podcast was made as a safe place for women here on the prairies to come share their birth stories in every shape and form. So come grab a coffee and join us to hear informative, empowering birth stories from women right here in our communities. Awesome. So hello, everybody. My name is Christy, and we are back for another episode of Birthing on the Prairies. Today, we are with Yasmin. Um, I'm having all these Calgary moms on here lately. So Birthing on the Prairies, we're here sharing our birth stories with each other. I think it's so important. We can learn so much from each other. Um, And Yasmin has quite the stories to tell us today. So Yasmin, go ahead and introduce yourself, um, share where you're from, what you're doing, how the kids are, go for it. Perfect. So hi, I'm Yasmin. I live in Calgary with my husband and now two little boys. I have an almost three-year-old and a nine-week-old, I guess. So the life with two under three has been nuts. <laughs> yeah. And so trying to get into a groove of everything. And I, you know, before I had the little one, I was full-time working mom and then COVID hit and I worked from home for a while until I then finally went on leave. Um, so right now I'm just, I'm just momming it hard. <laughs> momming it hard is right. Oh my gosh. So let's start off, I guess, with we can, we can give everyone like a little, um, a taste of your, your first pregnancy delivery. So like, tell us, tell us about your first baby. So our first baby was a surprise baby and it was literally the best thing ever. I had, I did not expect to get pregnant at all. So I was very new to everything, but I am a researcher and I watched (laughs) YouTube YouTube really got me through my pregnancy. Um, my first trimester was, you know, the typical, very nauseous. I was like, what the heck is this? I thought morning sickness was in the morning, not all the day. Um, honestly, I had a pretty, I want to say standard first trimester because I feel like a lot of women, uh, don't have the greatest first trimester. So I had that. Um, but then whenever we would have an ultrasound, there was always something wrong with baby per se. Uh-oh. So I had a marginal cord insertion and I had what I, f- I didn't know. I had these three huge fibroids and one of them specifically was right in my birth canal and they were almost the size of a pop can actually. So I carried very large because I had essentially, it was, it felt like I had twins because I just had yeah. these really fibroids. Um, so we had that first ultrasound when we found out about those fibroids, the first C-section word came up and they're like, oh, you may need to have a C-section because you have one in your birth canal, which means that you might, um, like you might not be able to push the baby out. You might need to do a C-section prepping me for it, which I appreciate. (laughs) I do appreciate Um, and then marginal cord insertion, which now I'm like, oh, right. He had one. Like it, it. I, in in the moment, I was like, "Oh my God!" Like my baby, huge news. Yeah, something something wrong. Um, but they would keep an eye out on it because what uh, the problem is with that is that you could potentially have a low birth weight, low birth weight baby, yeah. or the baby wasn't getting a lot of nutrients. Not the case. I birth huge babies. So. <laughs> <laughs> good. Um, and then around twenty eight weeks, I went into preterm labor. Um, but what was weird is that I was having uterine contractions. They were seeing them on the monitor. They're like, yeah, call your husband. This might be go time because I was dilating. But what actually ended up happening is one of my fibroids was dying off. And those are very painful. Oh my God. When they die off, which is a good thing because now I actually only have two fibroids. So one of them kind of went away and it was actually the one in my birth canal. Yeah. Um, but so that was a little scary. And then I just, I just remember it was very, like the whole pregnancy was very painful, very achy. And I was just over it. I didn't really enjoy being pregnant. And, um, yeah, that was kind of my first pregnancy as a whole. I went, I started my labor at 
40 weeks and two days. I had a lot of sweeps. Oh, I forgot. He was transverse. Oh, that's important. Holy, this kid. (laughs) So as I was getting closer to delivery, they're like, oh, your baby is not head down, but not head up. He's transverse. And so that just added to me being very uncomfortable. So they were uh, uh, wanting to book me in for that that spinning thing. Is it, what is it called? Oh, spinning babies? No, they were going to manipulate. Oh, the uh, inversion. Inversion. They tried to flip the baby. Yeah. I did not want to have that done at all. Um, But thankfully, he turned. And I just remember being at that uh, last doctor's appointment. And they're like, okay, so we're going to have to schedule your C-section if he doesn't spin around. And I was like, that must have been like 38 weeks because it would have been next week. And I was like, oh my gosh, I make that decision. Like, how weird is that to schedule your C-section? But I just... I didn't want, I really didn't want a C-section, obviously, Um, but he, he was head down and I started my labor at 40 weeks and five and two days at Ikea. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, there could be worse places, at least here. We were walking around and I'm like, what are these like tightenings? And all of a sudden I started timing them and they got to be about every five to ten minutes and then do you want me just to jump right in to this yeah I I was gonna ask to like um going into that birth was there a a specific team that you had created like was it just your husband was it some family a doula friends so I did not go the route of a doula and a um, midwife. I honestly yeah. did not know very much about it at all. It was never an option presented to me necessarily yeah. by my doctor. So I just didn't even think of it, to be honest with yeah. you. Um, so my birth team was going to be my husband for sure. Um, and then my mom and my my mom, um, like my entire family lives far away. So yeah. my auntie, who's a nurse, was also supposed to be around. Um, but it was awful weather at that time and we had scheduled my mom to fly in a couple like right at my due date actually and so she made it a couple days and then I started my labor thank goodness um so yeah it was my mom was my it essentially was my husband and my mom yeah that was kind of my my birth team and it was uh there's moments where you just need your mom and <laughs> you need your mommy. And that was definitely, it was very good because she was actually so level-headed. I was surprised both for myself and my husband. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. It's because it's sometimes you hear like the moms are coming in and it's, it's either going to be like a great thing or mm-hmm. it's a not so great thing. <laughs> for me, it was very positive, very positive. That's so, so. good. That's it depends so good. on the mom. <laughs> very, very much so. Oh, Awesome. So yeah, so you're at Ikea. Things are taking off. Things are taking off. Um, you know, the whole like I have to stop while they're happening. Nothing crazy. I feel like in pregnancy, you experience pain to be able to kind of prepare you for the pain that you're about to feel. And yeah. I remember when I got pregnant, my mom said, oh, this will suck. Like you'll be in so much pain. I was so mad at her. I'm like, why are you telling me this? Like be excited. She was very excited, but now I just realize what she meant. Like <laughs> being that. super realistic about it all. Yeah. yeah. And that I, I will give it to you straight. I'll give it to you. It is painful. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so we go to bed, we had called all of our family and my husband's mom actually had seven children which she all birthed naturally under three hours. So when we told her that I'm having contractions, she's like, get to the hospital right now. This is my mom had a three day labor with me. So I was like- You have like one extreme to the other, like- oh, yeah. yeah, we have so like what's your- birth, birthing like goddess version. <laughs> <laughs> oh. so more of a, I wanna say more of a realistic birth. Oh, so totally, I, yeah. I didn't feel like I needed to go into the hospital yet. I was like, no, like, let's wait this out. We'll go to bed and we'll see what happens. Cause this started at like 5 PM. Um, I go to bed and then they're every two to three minutes and I'm laboring in the nursery. I 
don't think I went into the tub that time, but I, once I started getting every two, three minutes, we lived about half an hour drive and it was winter. So I woke my husband up and I'm like, okay, yeah, they're every like two to three minutes. Why don't we go in and just see what the progress is? Because leading up to that, I had just been checked two days prior and I was, they called me like a funnel where I was dilated, but my uterus wasn't like, I wasn't really dilated per se. So I went in and they said, oh, you're, yeah, you're at like uh, two centimeters, I guess. And they sent me home because I wasn't, um, I just wasn't dilated enough to stay there. But I was having contractions every two to three minutes. So then I, we go back, I think it's 8 a.m. at this point, the next day, um, and my contractions taper off to like every 10 minutes, but they stay at every 10 minutes. And they're like, if I'm sleeping, they wake me up. They're real contractions happening every 10 minutes. So that was the whole day. And then I kickstart at 5 p.m. into every two to three minutes. And that continues over the night. Oh my, you must have been exhausted. I I slept in the tub basically because I don't know why I could not labor on my back. Like absolutely no way. Like as soon as I got that contraction, I had to sit up. I had to like be on my side. I had to be up. So my nursing chair and my bathtub were like two of the only places where I had relief. And I just like it didn't ever get to that intensity that they were telling me about that they would get to like I would know that it was time like go time I mean they were intense but they didn't feel any different than they did that night before and I did that for four nights and I was like on the phone during the day with the nurses I'm like what is going on because I was just at every 10 minutes during the day yeah. So they're like, yeah, you're just in prodromal labor, like wait it out. If it gets worse, like come in. And they said, we'll book you in for a balloon ca- catheter or Foley ball. Yes. Um, on Sunday <laughs> at nine o'clock, get in there Sunday, nine o'clock. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, Sunday is the day. And Sunday at oh, 6 a.m. my water breaks. <sighs> so I was like, now I know that there is a time and I'm done because this was yeah it was I was so mentally exhausted like physically yes but mentally like done and then finally that water breaking I remember just bawling because I'm like thank god there is an end like an end inside I didn't know when this end was gonna be yeah and I remember going into the hospital and then second guessing myself, I was like, what if my water didn't break? What if they're going to send me home again? Yeah. But my water had broken. And again, it was daytime. So I was at every 10 minutes contractions. And so they're like, well, you can either go back home, which when they told me that, I'm like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> like, I'm staying. We're having a baby. <laughs> I am not leaving this place like, without no, a kid. There's no way. Like, I'll walk the stairs, but I'm not going home. Yeah. And so they're like, the second option is we'll just start you on Pitocin. And to be honest with you, in hindsight, I wish, maybe I wish I wouldn't have been so determined to get on that Pitocin and just kind of let my body kickstart it more true. I don't know. It's all hindsight, but that's what I did is I opted for the Pitocin Mm -hmm. and, um, they checked baby, baby looked good. Um, I, I started Pitocin at 7am. And then they checked me at 1230 and us like contractions when you're on Pitocin are another, are another thing in and of itself. <laughs> yeah. And again, like I, I was physically so exhausted because I couldn't lay down. My legs were shaking. I was birthing just, I was just standing there, um, laboring with like, just kind of swaying my hips. I go on all fours on the bed. Um, and they checked me actually, sorry, when I first came in, I was, a, I was, four centimeters dilated. So I dilated two centimeters. Oh, wow. Good. And at 7am till 1230, they checked me at 1230 and I was still only four centimeters. And I was like, okay, this is like, I can't keep doing this. So why don't we get the epidural, which is what they had suggested that I do just because I was so exhausted and it may, may have helped my body kind of progress labor. And so I was like, okay, fine, let's do this. I, I'm terrified of needles. So epidural was like a big my deal. last thing I wanted to, oh, to have. Cool. I got that done, which is no cakewalk either. 
I did not realize that I've heard so many people say, oh, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. It was, I didn't, I didn't enjoy my epidural at all. Um, and then I got the epidural and then I guess they noticed at that time that, um, the baby had meconium. Oh, okay. And they also noticed that baby's heart rate was decreasing with every contraction. So they downed my Pitocin because baby's heart rate was decreasing so much. Yeah. And um, what ended up happening was they thought that maybe the cord was wrapped around his neck or the cord was getting pinched somehow with my contractions. So after I got to the epidural, they kept on flipping me. They kept on trying different positions for baby's heart rate. And then my waters just like gushed. And I thought that was normal, but I guess I lost too much of my waters. Mm -hmm. Baby's heart rate decreased even lower. So what they ended up doing was pumping me back up with fluid to give that cushion for the baby because the contraction. Did they give that to you through IV or did they give like the catheter through the vagina and do a, okay. Yeah, yeah, they. Uh, What's the name of that again? Hydro, um, oh, an amniocentesis. Nope, that's when they are checking your amniocentesis fluid for stuff. Oh, right, I'll, right. I'll think of it, but um, yeah. anyways, but what they're doing is like filling her uterus back up with fluids to take the pressure off the cord in the baby. Exactly. So that, that, I didn't feel that at that point. Um, it, I was just kind of getting flipped like a pancake, I feel like, and my positions constantly change and they're constantly like putting different monitors like everywhere and they looked very worried. And that continued from 1230 until six. And you know what, at that point, I'm like, oh, there's so, like, I knew that there was something wrong. Um, they kept checking me. They didn't want to check me too much because at this point, baby had meconium, baby was in distress. They didn't want to, um, they didn't want to keep checking me because of the risk of infection. So um, at around six o'clock, I think they were starting to have a shift change and another doctor came in and they're like, okay, like, let's get this woman out of her misery. <laughs> this is not doing good and plus his heart rate just kept dropping so much so they're like let's go in for a c-section and to be honest with you I was kind of prepped for that around three o'clock they started saying the c-section word again they're like if this doesn't keep progressing like baby's kind of in distress it might be best to opt for that c-section so then final verdict they checked me finally at six and I was still only four centimeters so Mamo is just not dilating at all. And I'm like, to go from four to 10 is still so long and yeah. so far away. So I was like, you know what? Yeah, I I felt at peace. I was very nervous, but I felt like this is, I knew that this is what had to happen. His baby was just not okay. And then they also, when we were in our birthing classes, I remember them kind of walking us through a C-section and how many people were gonna be there. And then they said, like, if you have a NICU team there, there's also gonna be so many more people. So I. I really would suggest to everyone to go to birthing classes too. And yeah. I remember them, they had us like laying down with our arms strapped and, and I just kind of put myself back to that uh, place when we were doing those birthing classes. I'm like, okay, there's gonna be lots of people. There's gonna be bright lights. And even though I never really prepared for a C-section, at least I had that little oh. thing that I prepared myself. And that's so important. It was so important because I knew, okay, there's going to be extra people because he's a mech baby. There's going to be a NICU team. It's going to be bright lights. I'm going to be laying there with my arms strapped. Like this is what's happening. So I was very thankful for that. And my one fear because my epidural wasn't working a hundred percent was that my spinal or that the anesthesia wouldn't work, meaning that it, my anesthesia wouldn't work. Right. So <laughs> remember laying there Brandon was already there at my side my husband and I'm just looking at the anesthesiologist I'm shaking like a leaf I don't know if it's nerves epidural the drugs everything and I'm looking at the anesthesiologist I'm like I can feel them like I can feel them down there and he's like sweetheart they've already started like yes you can feel them touching you but they've already you're already open and I was like Oh, okay. I didn't oh realize it. The touch you can feel, yeah. but you cannot feel pain. Which what is a wild sensation that must be. The wildest sensation. And then 
when they were finally at the taking the baby out stage wow I, I cannot even explain what that feels like it feels like pressure on your chest like somebody is sitting on you but yet you feel this tugging very weird oh very my gosh weird. but baby came out and right away got rushed to the NICU team they checked him out he was actually really good he was very bruised very very bruised so well swole. he's been like slamming on that cervix for yeah so and I don't think yeah, so he was combed and everything. Poor guy. He looked worse than I did in the end. Um, and so, yeah, that was that was how Noah came into the world. Little Noah. Yes. How sweet. Troublemaker. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so cute though. And and so, what was it like recovery wise with him? Recovery-wise, um, it's been better than I had ever expected a C-section to be. Um, the first few days, like that first time that you get up, the pain is unbelievable. Um, but I was I was up and at him very quickly after that. I mean, it's funny because whenever you have a surgery or any other surgery, they're like, take it easy, you know, lay down. No, no, no. It's like, go home and take care of a baby now. Oh, yeah. and rest. Like, yeah okay okay so like welcome to motherhood that's a sad like <laughs> wake up call to you've got to be on and you're you're there every three or two hours feeding the baby and whether you like it or not whether you feel up to it or not but honestly the the faster that you get up and move and the more that you are moving the recovery is better and to be honest with you my recovery was a very textbook recovery um, with that C-section. I did go to pelvic floor physio, which my um, my maternity team had said, why don't you go to pelvic floor physio? We're recommending all women to go. And honestly, I went just because they told me I didn't think I had any issues. Yeah. Boy, boy, was I wrong. <laughs> I did not realize that I had so much going on internally. And my pelvic floor was actually too tight. And that was also a reason why I wasn't dilating. And I never knew that. She's like, don't do Kegels. Kegels are not your friend. And I'm like, Everyone thinks like that's all that they're supposed to do is Kegel, but no, that's just it. No. So I loved going to my pelvic floor physio and that really helped my pelvic floor heal and really helped me heal and helped kind of my scar heal because she also did some scar work. Um, yeah, yeah. So that was very very good so honestly after after my c-section my recovery was great good oh well, that's so good to hear and did you feel that like you were i know like physically obviously it takes a while did um how was your postpartum with that pregnancy like mentally was that a good experience as well uh yes and no <laughs> so i definitely struggled with postpartum anxiety for the good first two months. Um, yeah. And I think that there was a lot of, you learn as a mother, your boundaries and what you need. And sometimes family and other people want to step in and really want to help, but I couldn't verbalize what, how I needed, what I needed exactly. Right. But um, again, you, it's so new. I wasn't really ever around children or babies. I had no idea kind of, I, I had an idea from like, you know, day in the life vlogs and <laughs> yeah. newborn, but until you add in that exhaustion and I had difficulty breastfeeding and all of that, it was so overwhelming. Like my life changed so drastically and a lot of anxiety came along with it. Like I, I just felt like I was going to harm the baby. I didn't know what I was doing. I felt like I was failing the baby somehow. And then at around eight and a half months is when um, I finished breastfeeding. And I feel like that's when my blues set in. So around that nine, 10 months, and I yeah. was also getting ready to go back to full-time work. And that's when I needed, and I went to counseling and I went to therapy. And that's when just the really like kind of darkness set in around having a baby, which you expect the blues to start in the beginning but for me, it was kind of towards the end of the year of my postpartum journey that I had the baby blues quite bad. Mine was quite similar to as soon as I quit breastfeeding, I was like, 
do you get postpartum depression at a year? I'm like, what is this? And then it, it wasn't until I had gone through that I, that I had learned that like even coming on breast, coming off breastfeeding. So that weaning period, like there's so much hormone changes going on in you. Oh, it's nuts. So I always explain that to clients like who are going into weaning. I was like, heads up, like things might happen. And I actually noticed another wave of hair loss too. So I, I had gotten my period back at four months postpartum. And that's when I noticed the, like when my hair loss really started. And then again, I had like a second round. So just to be (laughs) (laughs) I know being, being a woman, is just relentless. Like just, it's like, we're such cool creatures. Like the things that we can do and get through, it's just nuts. It is crazy. (sighs) Well, I'm glad that you got help in regards to that postpartum anxiety and into depression because that is very important and just like again saying like this can happen down the road like just because you didn't get it within the first six weeks two months three months doesn't mean you're home free from it exactly exactly oh my gosh all right well let's let's hear about your second birth story so this one's this one's fun too this one is where it gets I feel like the birth is so dramatic with the first one and then the whole pregnancy and now post is where the drama is at (laughs) so I was not at all ready to have a baby after Noah like I I knew I wanted him to have a sibling but I did not want to go through that again like I was a little traumatized after everything and so I mentally just kind of checked out and I said I will revisit this once he's two and so uh that's exactly what I did and honestly like I had after I went back to work I lost a lot of weight I worked out I got my health into such like I was at the top of my game so to speak um I also did the candida diet for almost a year where you go sugar-free so it started around that time where I had the blues yeah. and I just, I, I was doing therapy, but at the same time, I completely changed my diet. Cause I was having like hives every day. I was having so many symptoms that I went to a naturopath and she's like, you have a candida overgrowth in your system. You have to go on this. So as a result, my, like I had zero cravings, my hormones, I was so stable. Like I could tell when I was ovulating. I could tell when my period was coming because I was just so into, I was so in tune with myself. Yeah. It was incredible. It, it was the best thing ever. So get so cool. go on one. It's- I was going to say, I feel like I need to go on this diet. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, I, like, and then that's where kind of my healthy living and kind of everything who mm-hmm. I am now came to be. Um, and so I thought because I was so healthy and so fit um, that I would have this unicorn magical pregnancy (laughs) if I happened to get pregnant again. And so right around when Noah was two is when we started having that discussion around, okay, well, maybe by the time that he's three, if we have a sibling for him, I will be able to handle that better because I, I personally could not be a mom of like, two under two like that to me was terrifying and there are moms so many of my friends have children that were two under two and they did so amazing and bless their hearts but that was not my calling (laughs) no and like but good on you for like knowing that because I I feel like um, with your postpartum initially like so to get more thrown on your plate earlier I don't mm -mm. maybe would have not I was not ready for that at all so, but people kept telling me, you know what, you had such a rough pregnancy the first time around, the second time around will be better. I always hear that the second pregnancies are better. So I was like, okay, maybe they're going to be better. So actually we got pregnant literally first try. I, I didn't know like how my fertility was because our first one was a, a surprise. So yeah, again, I'm kind of shocked here that I got pregnant so fast. I I almost, I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, I didn't have, I didn't think this was going to happen. Not ready, not ready, not ready. <laughs> not ready. Although we were. Um, and then, yeah, 
oh, that morning sickness hit fast and furious. I had a, I have a very sedentary job. Yeah. So at around eight weeks um, pregnant, I get this shooting pain down my hip. And I'm like, oh, what is this? And funny enough, I, um, I stopped working out. I went from like five to six times a week to just like I halted. Something in me was like, I don't know if you should work out. Like I didn't, feel, I felt so nauseous. So I couldn't work out in the mornings, but even in right. the evenings, I was like, you know, I'm just going to take it easy. I'm just going to give myself like maybe like a two week break, just a little yeah. window, which I think this was intuition. So my, my back started hurting, which I kind of think like I had sciatica near the end of my pregnancy with Noah, but the sciatica hit like right at eight weeks. And I thought, oh, maybe I should just stretch maybe to just start working out again. Yeah. Well, I started bleeding right after I, I got that pain and I was like, and it was, it wasn't red blood. It was kind of more of a brown in color, but I knew I'm like, well, blood is blood. Like, yeah, old blood, new blood. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, something's wrong. And so I go and get an ultrasound and I had a subchorionic hematoma, which is apparently very common. I've never heard of this. So common. It's so common, um, but scared the living daylights out of me. And I, I was telling our family that I'm pregnant, but I was like, but, but I might be losing the pregnancy. And I, that was kind of, I think my own coping mechanism. I didn't want anybody to get too excited. Yeah. Like I right away when somebody was like, oh my gosh, you're pregnant. I'm like, yeah. You're like, calm down. Yeah. So, and I think the fact that I hadn't worked out, I don't know, in my mind, I was like, don't do it. Yeah. Um, they kind of put me on not a bed rest, but just really taking it easy, no heavy lifting, no yeah. working out, nothing like that. So that lasted till about 12 weeks when it kind of dissolved, I guess. And yeah. it was perfectly fine. Um, and, but my back pain just went from worse to worse. Like it, I, I didn't, I didn't find any relief and this was so early on in the pregnancy. So I, I remember I would get up from my chair at work and my hip would just like clunk down and I was just in so much pain. So I started going to Cairo and I don't know if that, that did help a little bit, but she also said that with the spikes and relaxing, I'm going to start noticing things getting worse. So around 14 weeks uh, is yeah. when I get really bad and it kind of tapers off. And then again, I don't know, I think she said 20 weeks. Anyways. Yeah. So I was dealing with that and literally the things that made it worse for me were sitting or standing in one position, which we had sit stand, we have sit stand desks, but it's still, I'm either sitting or I'm standing in one position. So my work made it extremely painful for me to be doing this and um COVID hit Cairo's got shut down and then not being able to go for chiropractic adjustments for a while was so painful so literally when I got home from work I was on the couch I was almost bedridden because of how painful my sciatic um nerve was yeah and that continued other than that, I mean, my pregnancy was good, but I was in so much pain and it just, I was such prior to getting pregnant. I was, I, I am a very high achiever. I am very like, I need to have all these goals that I'm working towards, yeah. like personal development goals and physically, like I need that like adrenaline release. And having none of that, I fell into what I considered was like an antenatal depression because it was just like, I could not recognize myself and like nothing about my life was the same as it was like prior to even November. Right. So I went to the doctors and the only thing that they wanted to prescribe me were narcotics because they wanted to help with my uh, sciatic pain and then also they said that they wanted to put me on antidepressants and I personally just it did not sit right with me to be doing that and so I just kind of wrote it out I didn't take any painkillers for it even though they were really wanting me to to help with the nerve pain uh, but actually 
when we started working from home, I did feel a little bit more of a relief because I could take my meetings laying down. I could kind of be walking around my house and just kind of be on the move a little bit more. But it just, it was very, very debilitating. Um, and then, yeah, I decided prior to even getting pregnant, I'm like, I think I'm just gonna do a C-section again because yeah. I did not feel like my late, I, I just felt like I was gonna have another long labor. I have big babies and I was just like, you know what, we're just gonna schedule the C-section. So we scheduled the C-section for uh, when I was right at 39 weeks. And even then I had so many contractions leading up to this birth of mine and pain. And I thought this baby would come earlier because I was literally having so many contractions and no, I wasn't even dilated, nothing like that. So I just knew that, you know what, <laughs> this would have been another wild ride. And yeah. so I was very at peace with my decision to have a C-section. So I knew the experience of the procedure, but I didn't know the experience of leading up to a scheduled C-section, right. which is very calm. But inside I was freaking out because I knew that almost the time, but I knew the day when my baby was going to be born. And so that is, I think some people would really appreciate that. And some yeah. people would hate that. Yeah. I don't know. I think I was like right in between because the planner in me and like I needed that end in sight. Like August 2nd was when this torture would end. <laughs> and so you're just like every day you're like one day close to Oh yeah. No, closer. I was like, I was counting down the days. And, but at the same time, it's just this really, really weird feeling. Yeah, I so, believe it. Um, day before my mom comes in from BC and you know takes care of our little one and I'm just like it, it was actually our anniversary the day before so <laughs> we went to Safeway to get snacks for for the um for the hospital and I was like wow this is a great you know five-year wedding anniversary but it was so <laughs> chill it was great it was actually great in hindsight I was that's good that's but good. Uh, we check in and we kind of meet our birth team. I meet my anesthesiologist, my OB, the nurses that were going to be in the room with me. I get my IV, which was the worst IV of my entire life. Oh no. Did they have to go like a whole bunch of times on you? No, no. Thank, thank God. No, but it was just so painful. I think she hit a valve, which oh. I am terrified of needles. I feel like I've right. registered that, but like I'm terrified, terrified of needles. So for me, I had this like, Okay, I gotta get to the hospital. I gotta get my IV, and then I gotta get my spinal, and then we're in the clear. Yeah. So I just knew that I had to get that spinal done after that. Um, and yeah, I just you walk yourself into the OR. Like how weird? I like it was the weirdest thing to just like. Well, it was very cold. It's very cold in an OR. Yeah. So you're walking in there with your big old belly, and you just see this tiny tail I almost burst out laughing I'm like oh you think I'm gonna fit on there like the <laughs> like I I actually had a nervous laugh I was like oh you want me to get on there like okay good luck <laughs> like, I'm gonna yeah, hold it so it doesn't tip over I'm like, How? it doesn't look stable like there's so mothers come in so many shapes and sizes I'm like how how do people fit on there I'm gonna fit on there. oh god I'm sitting there waiting for the anesthesiologist and that's when like my mind just oh my gosh it's just going a million miles an hour I don't you don't have anybody there with you except for the nurses which is really nice but I kind of wanted my husband there for this part um and then the anesthesiologist comes in and I actually have what I think is damage to my spine from my first epidural I have very okay. very tender spine so I was very nervous for this spinal because I was like, just please don't hit that spot. And um, very similar to my first time when they were going in with the epidural, there was something was hit and the pain just shot down my right leg. And the same thing with this one, just shoots down my right leg. Goodness, goodness. Girl. Those, are not, those are not fun, those spinals or epidurals again for me. And I think it was worse with the spinal because I had nothing to distract myself with. I wasn't yeah. in labor. Like you're, you're not waiting on a contraction. You're not. No. 
No, like you're just so focused on that sensation. There's not a million and one sensations going through your body. It's just that one. So it wasn't fun. But after that spinal goes in, it is like so fast. They flip you onto this table. You're getting drapes put up. A tiny table. Yes, the tiny, like tiny. I remember oh, the moment where the nurse was about to start putting iodine on my stomach and she's like, why don't you give your belly one last cuddle? And I thought I was going to like, that's when like I started kind of crying. Oh my God. Like, I would oh. ball my eyes out. Even though I was, I had such a tough pregnancy and just so much pain. Like I didn't want my, like it was, it was a very sweet moment. It was a very tender moment and I'm very grateful. I got that. So if you that ever have so that sweet. where you're going in for a C-section or when you're pushing, just like have that moment of, of just you with the belly. Gratitude with your baby. Exactly. And I just kind of was so thankful. And honestly, I don't know if I'll ever experience that again. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, one last like cuddle and feel of where the baby is. And um, so that was very special. And I would highly suggest that you just think, put that in your birth plan to have that last. (laughs) And any nurses on here, that's like a part of the OR team. And if you if yeah. you're not doing that, what a man that could like elevate your experience. Highly yeah. recommended. And Very I almost cool. feel like I feel like when I was sitting on that table nervously waiting for the anesthesiologist, who was late, might I add. So it just added to how long I was sitting there. Maybe just talk about that, like those last few moments of being pregnant and yeah. not not make it so medical because you're in this OR setting, it's so sterile. And everybody's just standing there with their gloves up and, you know, all waiting sterile, but just maybe just have that conversation. Cause I even, I was looking at the nurse and like, tell me something. (laughs) I'm going crazy here. (laughs) Like when you're having that spinal done, just like talk about the baby, talk about like, you know, these are your last moments, enjoy them. Anyways, I was kind of just a very special moment and so then my husband comes in and I'm getting all prepped and the c-section went very well it was longer um than an emergency c-section which they told me was going to happen and I didn't know that um so in my mind I was like oh this is taking a long time and especially because it was my second one they said there's more scar tissue that they have to go through so it just adds to it but because it's not emergency they don't have to rush through it so they actually take their time and it was longer so I almost want to say like it took a good 20, 30 minutes before the baby was born. And then it took a good like 20, 30 minutes to get me all stitched up and sewn up. And my one thing that I really wanted that I missed out with now is I wanted skin to skin immediately. But I was so uh, loopy on medications and I was so nauseous. I also ended up getting a lot of my first trimester symptoms of nausea in my last trimester. So I couldn't eat and I couldn't drink prior to the C-section. So I was just so nauseous. So uh, the anesthesiologist kept giving me anti-nausea medication. And I think it just like everything, I was so loopy and my arms, even though I was laying like this, they were so heavy, I couldn't hold the baby. So I really wanted that skin to skin immediately, but I couldn't. And I was like, oh no, I can't hold him. So my husband held him. And we actually had two surprised we didn't find out the gender with both of our children. So again, what I had, it happened both times where the nurse told my husband and he told me what we were having. So I think that that is just like a very special way of finding out the gender. Very special. And it was, we were so shocked that we were having another boy, even though I, in my heart, I've always said, I'm going to be a boy mom. Yeah. The pregnancy was so much worse. People are like, oh, it's going to be a girl. Just <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just, it was so nice. I just remember being so happy and relieved that this was over. Like, <sighs> this is done. It's over. Now, Yasmin is back. Like, I can start my recovery. Like, I, just, yeah. I was so elated, literally ecstatic. Um, So, I was, I had a little bit more of, a discharge from my incision as they were sewing me up. So they put on a pressure bandage. I went into recovery. Honestly, I felt so good. I, I, he nursed right away, like so much better than no. I'm like, oh my gosh, what is this? This baby knows what he's doing. And I think I'm <laughs> doing a little bit more. And then I was able to have that skin to skin in the recovery room. And then we go back into our room and it, our hospital, it was all private rooms. And it was just me and my husband. And it was just such 
a nice time to be able to just me, my husband and the baby. And um, then at around 24 hours after they want you to get up. And so they had taken the pressure bandage off and wanted me to sit up and walk immediately after that, which was not a good idea. I heard that they like want you up like so fast after that. Oh, I'm so fast. But I wasn't afraid of that because I knew that from the first time right. around. But I don't know, after, after a C-section, you want pressure on your bandage. Yeah. And as soon as that kind of pressure releases off, that's when the pain really starts. So yeah. they took the pressure bandage off and they're like, okay, get up and start walking. And I said, oh, I sat up and I felt that pain and I was like, oh no, no, I can't. No. And I told them yeah. like, no, I cannot. And unfortunately uh, they were really pushing me because again, it is good for you to get up, but I don't think they understood how much like pain felt like I, mean, I should have advocated for myself a lot more than though. This is, uh, this is, this pain is unbelievable. Not normal. Not normal. No. And I knew, but I was like, oh. but they're like, no, trust me. Once you get up, that pain will be gone. And I kind of remembered that from the first time. So I was like, okay, okay, I'll just do it. I stood up and first of all, I gushed blood everywhere. And I started hyperventilating from the pain and there was sounds coming out of my mouth that I don't even know. Like I was in the most pain of my entire life and I had to sit back down. But again, you can't just sit down. Like you're moving at snail pace to sit back down. And I was like, absolutely not. I was screaming at the top of my lungs. Oh my gosh. I lay back down. And at this point, my pain, like they're like, what's your pain level? I'm like, there's no scale at this point my friend to tell you what my pain level is at. So yeah. I guess I was on some kind of Percocets, but they right away switched me over to morphine. And then to get my pain under control again, after your pain has escalated to a certain point to get your pain under control is, a, is quite difficult. So we finally got my pain under control and then I got up and it was perfect. Like it was fine. I did so well after that. And then my recovery was even better, I would say, with uh, than with the first one, up until about five weeks. And this entire time, now looking back, I did notice that I had a little bit of swelling on my right side. And when I touched it, it felt like scar tissue. And right. I thought like, oh, it's just scar tissue because this is my second C-section. But no, it was actually an abscess and a collection of, of fluid. Um, in there and at around five weeks I started getting this pain again and I started not like physically like I really did not feel well so I went to my doctor we did an ultrasound and I did have an infection internally I didn't have any kind of weird discharge or anything superficially that would have indicated that I had an infection yeah and so it was all internal they started me on really high dose antibiotics I was supposed to go right away into surgery but they said no let's um just kind of just put you on it see if this fixes it we did that and it worked really well. Um, I thought I was in the clear again. And then what are we today? It's Monday. So last Wednesday. So I would have been coming up eight weeks. Yeah. Uh, postpartum is when I started getting that pain again, um, like body aches and chills and just not feeling good, but not like a flu. Like I didn't feel like I was getting sick. I just, I just didn't feel well. And then right. that pain came back. And so I went back to the doctors on Friday. She had already started me on antibiotics yep. again, but this time I don't think that they're really working because my pain has kind of stayed at that same level. I'm not really right. noticing any difference, but I'm also not noticing that mass feeling that I that I had the first time around. So I had my blood work drawn on Friday just to quickly take a look at my white blood cell count. And then I actually have appointments after this call to go and get ultrasounds done. So I'm not done yet. <laughs> no, and like you said, we're at what? You said eight nine, weeks? Nine weeks now. Nine weeks. Yeah. Yeah, you don't anticipate that. Like, I feel like you might have like, okay, like six weeks, yeah. like we're locked into like this yeah. recovery time. Exactly. But every birth and every surgery everything is so different oh my it, gosh and it's very deflated like I feel very because again you have that 
mentally, like I said, I need those markers. I need those end dates. And it's like six weeks was that like end date. And I was going to start yeah. working out and this and this. I had all these big plans and they were just completely shot again. Everything's just getting so, pushed back, pushed back, pushed back. Yeah. And as a mom, like moms just can't get sick because things in the household, it just, it just crumbles. And, 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 and you feel like you just, you just can't be sick for those children, no. for the baby. And you can't take that recovery that you really truly need because you're up with yeah. a newborn at night. Um, yeah. You're always, you're, I'm running around after a toddler now. So I, I don't, they tell me that it's nothing that I necessarily did. I, I mean, I definitely didn't take it as easy as I did the first time around. I just, for I sure. You can't well, you got, you got a lot more stuff going on. Yeah. So, but it's just one of those complications that, that can just happen. And here we are. So stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned for the, the recovery that continues oh. forever. Oh yeah. my gosh. That's wild. Cause yeah. Cause we, when we had originally um, had Yasmin's call book a couple weeks ago. Yeah. yeah and then this she was going went, on. yeah, this was going on. And so that's why we kind of pushed it back and you probably thought, man, it'll be all cleared up by then. And here we are. Little did I know. But, you know, I feel like this is a very accurate representation of how motherhood is, though, that things can go so to plan in in some ways and in other ways, they do not. And so I always tell my mommy friends or people that are pregnant or expecting a baby and just... You can have it in your mind one way, but just be prepared for every single thing and every single way that you could possibly be delivering this baby, whether it's at home and you didn't want to, or, yeah. you know, your epidural fails if you really wanted an epidural, or you need to get an epidural if you really wanted a natural birth. Like, there's just so many different ways that these births can go and just be prepared so that, I mean, have a birth plan, but I go out the window. <laughs> no, it's so true. And like, even with all my clients, like we go through our prenatal work and like our birth wishes is kind of what I like to call it. Cause I feel like plans are kind of sometimes too rigid. Like some people can get too connected to like a plan. Whoa, that's a nice Rosie. So <laughs> Kids are trying to cut themselves. Like you never know. So, um, so, but yeah, I'm like, this is our plan a, like this is plan a scenario, but like, I always say it's like, choose your own adventure things like we get things thrown out of this entire yeah. labor so yeah. be educated be informed because like probably the way it felt for your second baby being in charge of all the decisions to go into a c-section yes probably was a lot more like for your heart to know at the end of it be like i i chose this i was yes. educated i mm -hmm. yeah because yeah. I, I feel like that yeah. makes such a big difference in your postpartum recovery for your heart for mentally so yes yes um how did you find your recovery with um your second baby like uh did you deal with a lot more postpartum anxiety or do you feel like you kind of were given tools to help manage that so i actually feel like i am struggling with some postpartum anxiety but it's very yeah. different to how i felt it the first time around I'm physically feeling it more so this time around actually a week after I had Mateo I had such extreme chest pain and they tell you to always go to ER after if you have a chest pain after a c-section or any kind right. of because of the um it, you, it could indicate uh blood, blood clots, clots. And, and so my blood work came back indicating that I could have I could be having a blood clot so I had to have a DQ scan done which is very much like a CT yeah. and I was radioactive for a while so I couldn't be near my baby but I so I don't I didn't have a blood clot but that pain I've been feeling very often and I feel yeah. like it is my anxiety just and I've never felt this before. Yeah. And I think my anxiety is really stemming from this recovery, not going to plan. I feel very um, well-equipped to deal with a newborn this time around. Yeah. And even though he was a little rough in the beginning, he had like some wicked awake windows during the night. Um, <laughs> he's very different to my first. Yeah. Which is fine. Like, I mean, every baby is its own person and personality and 
So just navigating him and figuring him out, but I didn't feel anxious about that, but I don't know, just the weight of two children and me not being back to normal or, or me not feeling like myself has yeah. just been adding to my anxiety. Oh, totally. So, Cause like, I feel like you haven't been able to like cleanse yourself of like that birth and that experience and like, no. just like move forward. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And I it's coming, like, it's coming. But like, for, uh, for a year, <laughs> I haven't been myself because it yeah. like, pregnant in November. And so it's been like my entire pregnancy, I've had that mental difficulty of like, okay, I'll be back soon. Maybe, yeah. maybe in two weeks, I'll be able to work out again. Maybe I can, you know, do those things that truly, they truly do define who I am. And that being ripped away from you for so long, it's just, it's a lot to always keep positive. Totally. No, I believe it. But you're almost there, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> keep on plugging through. And I hope today's appointment is just good news. And she can give you an end date to help you. Yeah. And at this point, I'm almost like, if it means surgery, it means surgery. But just get yeah. it. Figure it out. Just figure it out. Figure it out. Like, <laughs> just being in lieu and waiting is yeah the most frustrating part I think it is it is yeah <sighs> little rosy so um are you breastfeeding this time feeding I, wise yes so first time around breastfeeding I breastfed I actually did both a lot because Noah yeah. was such a big baby I had a supply I never had a supply issue I always say I had a demand issue his demand <laughs> was so high that I just couldn't keep up with him, with him. So he was both breastfed and formula fed. And then I had a reoccurring yeast infection and mastitis nonstop. So I was on four courses of antibiotics to try and clear that out. Yeah. And um, I literally breastfed with pain for seven months. And then finally, after that point, it cleared up. And then he just wasn't interested or it was more so... I was, I became more so of a toy to him and it was just more so of like this, he'd just sit there and bite me or play with me. And I was like, okay, well, you're not, you're not feeding. So we're done, I guess. So it was not a magical experience. I did not enjoy it. And so this time I had zero expectation of how my, my breastfeeding journey would go, but it is literally, now I understand the magic <laughs> that people that feeding is. And again, I think like looking back, Noah must have had some kind of a lip tire tongue type something yeah. because you can just see the way that Mateo like latches onto me. His tongue is shaped. It's just so much different. Um, he was, he, he latches onto me perfectly. I know what to do too because yeah. I went to so many lactation consultants and appointments and doctors so I have that knowledge um yeah it's just it's been magic it's been fantastic I've had zero pain like zero not even in the beginning like I bought so many nipple creams I stocked up but I haven't even had to use it like this is gonna hurt no but that's so cool and like you said I think being more confident going into it with your second baby and having to help with lactation consultants that is huge yeah um that's so cool. Oh, no, he's doing really well, but we are dealing with a lot of spit up, which they're saying could be due to a stronger letdown that I had. So there's, we've definitely had our challenges, but he, he only had formula in the very, very beginning. Cause I wasn't yeah. able to clear colostrum. Right. I didn't have any this time around. Um, and, but ever since I was leaving the hospital, he has been solely breastfed, which to me is actually like a very huge accomplishment because I had to supplement so much with Noah. And then lately my anxiety has been so heightened that I did notice a drop in my milk supply, but I've been taking some supplements and she's right back up there. So I'm so happy that it's been working. I'm so proud of you and like, good job for just keep going. Cause it's a ride. It is. It is. Oh my gosh. So what would you, what's your like postpartum, uh, or it doesn't necessarily even have to be postpartum, but like your mom advice, your piece of thing you give all moms, like if you can give anybody any advice, what would that be? I think that you have to be 
a little bit selfish because you lose so much of yourself as a mother that there needs there need to be certain things in place for you, such as sleep. And I, I feel like a lot of moms, they're like, my baby just isn't sleeping. I don't know why. Um, and, and they kind of give up on trying to get that baby to sleep so that you have that time for yourself. And I kind of felt like I was, I was, I didn't know what to do because my baby wasn't sleeping during the day. And I was, I was a complete mess. Like mentally, I didn't have that break. So really try to get that baby to sleep, try to get that baby on a schedule because everybody thrives on a schedule. My toddler thrives on a schedule, which right now I don't have one set. That's why it just feels so chaotic to me right. and to my toddler. And and because the baby is still so new, he, he's yeah. not necessarily on a schedule yet, but get everyone on a schedule that is very flexible. Like um, just give yourself those blocks of, of time so that you have that you time somehow, somewhere. Fill your cup, do something. Fill your cup, exactly. And whether it's, you know, you you have to shower every day. Like I know some people go through that. I don't even remember the last time I showered, last time I washed my hair. It happens. Of course it happens to me, but just really try to get that. There's something just so cleansing <laughs> in very many ways about just a shower and having that cup of coffee in the morning and just having that you time, that quiet time. Right. And it, and getting out of the house every single day is a big thing. And for me, I had huge anxiety about that the first time around. And this time I'm like, pack the kids up. (laughs) We are leaving. Um, And I especially imagine that too, with like, uh, I know me personally found it so hard during this whole quarantine stuff. Like, don't go anywhere. Don't leave your house. Don't go to Walmart. Like, man for somebody who's like I need to get out of the house every day or like to let my kids go do something like it's for my mental health and to like have that all shut down and like be like locked in my four walls type thing it was hard so hard so even if it's for a walk you guys like just go outside for a half an hour every day I mean that's where we get our immunity from we gotta go outside we've gotta get the sun in our faces and it's literally the best thing that you can do and even though like the zoo is open. There's certain things that have been opening and I have been taking my kiddos out as much as I can. I, I have been very, like, I can't do a lot of the things, unfortunately, which is, which was another reason why I wanted this recovery to be over. So I could Mm -hmm. take, cause I couldn't, I couldn't lift. So I couldn't take my stroller out of my car. So, and I couldn't carry the car seat. So I couldn't drive anywhere. So I was just stuck to my house and my neighborhood and my playground. And what's nice is I actually have um, a friend very close by, literally like a block, a walk away. So we, and she had a baby two weeks after me. So. Oh, nice. So you guys are like in the same bubble together. Yes. And she has a son the same age as Noah. So it's just, it's been really good to be able to find, like maybe find that, you know, those bubble families and stick to that. And that's been very, you know, you can, you can kind of. We always text each other like, I didn't sleep last night, did you? And <laughs> no, put the coffee on. That's so cool. Lots of play dates, so. Those friends are needed. Definitely. They are. Your mommy tribe is needed. It very much so. Yes. Oh, Rose is trying to put on that shoe won't fit on you, Rose. It's too big. Oh, so where can people find you? You have Instagram. I have Instagram. Um, it is at yasmina.rose and I also have a Facebook page, more so of a business page. I attempted YouTube, but it happened right when I got pregnant and as you know, it just, it didn't happen. So last things on the go. (laughs) And I, I have, I have high hopes and big plans for it, but you know what, right now, I have I have to take that kind of that break but I'm very active on my stories you are I love watching me on there and I keep it very real and raw and sometimes I feel a little too real (laughs) (laughs) never it's my life so yeah come on over to Instagram come on yeah I will uh I will take her page and everything underneath here and make sure you guys can come find her but Oh, Yasmin, thank stay you so tuned. much for coming. Yeah, stay tuned for her recovery. Oh my gosh. Well, you'll have to give us an update after all of this. 
I will hundred percent. Cause I even want to know. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> kidding. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you again for coming on and taking the time to thank share your you. awesome birth story with us. So thanks again. And um, if you guys have any questions, I'm sure you have has Yes, she would be very open to help you guys out. So anybody uh, who's having a C-section, just like even DM me, I will, I will answer all your questions or all of my recovery must have. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Yasmin, for coming on today and sharing your incredible birth stories with us. If you guys would like to get connected with Yasmin, I will put her Instagram handle below where you can find her. If you would like to share your birth story with us, um, just find me on Instagram and Facebook at Little Doodle on the Prairie where you will find the information where to submit your story as well as learn more about my doula services. Make sure you join us next week for another amazing episode of Birthing on the Prairies where we hear incredible empowering birth stories from families right here in our community. See you next time.